0: Hi, you're listening to Take It or Give It, a podcast by Unsunk. In this podcast, our goal is to lay out resources for you to take to be able to give back. Today, I'm interviewing Cameron Banger, a 20-year-old college student that decided to start his own clothing brand, Airs for the Youth. Kim and I talk about what's a trademark, how he creates the designs for his brand, some of the printing methods he uses, this, and even how to go about starting your own company. This is a two-part episode, so just make sure to check the second part as well. All right, let's get to it. All right, Kim, can you actually say your name, what's your business, what do you do, and what's the purpose of your yep. business?
1: Let's get back to that. So I'm Cameron Banger. I'm owner of Air's FTY Clothing. Um, FTY is for the youth. And my clothing brand is based on the idea of providing more resources to the youth and supplying them with things that they could use at a younger age instead of delaying it, uh, later in life. So we're going to be funding that through the clothing. Um, so our brand is really about pushing youth culture and youth ideas, um, through also supporting them and having a purpose with the brand.
0: Okay. So, and I remember seeing this, uh, you'll be able to find this online, but half of the profits go to a
1: foundation. Yeah. So right now it's, um, ideally as That's what I'm trying to do is take our half of the profits from everything we make to start these foundations. So right now, I'm sort of just collecting that money and putting it aside. Some of it's had been recycled back into the brand for more promotion, putting out certain products when money's short with orders because we also do promotional giveaways. So depending on the promoter or ambassador or if it's a celebrity, somebody... Wherever we try and promote, we were really about giving away the products too, because it's not just about the money with it. It's about the foundation. So there's definitely been cuts into it. um, But once it starts moving at a larger scale and there's more, I guess, organization behind it, there's Mm -hmm. real books, real accounting behind it, and we can really get down to the logistics of the numbers. Yeah, we're hoping to put 50% of every cent that we make into these foundations to keep them going for the youth.
0: So I'm not going to lie. There are three main reasons why I decided to buy some of your stuff. So, first thing is, it's you. I think when one of our friends starts something, we really should help him. That's people should, right? Like, it's and
1: I, that's part of the reason. I mean, I like sorry to interrupt again, but I like working with you. And I, I mean, when we spoke, even though it had been six months, a year, whatever it had been, it doesn't feel that different because when we first met, like I could tell that you were a supportive person, a supportive friend, and that's what I think most people should do. Thank you. Um,
0: and I'm not gonna lie, uh, four was what. I want to say about a year or so I wanted to buy your stuff. And I'm like, dude, I need to be part of this. I need to help him out. This is good stuff. Like there's been. no, and, uh, I remember having $2 in my account and I'm like, <laughs> this has to happen at some point. And then you release this last one, yeah. the one with the shirt you're wearing. And I'm like, done. Okay. It has to be now period. This is happening. And then I called you and then, then I got the shirt. Amazing. So that's, that's thing. Number one thing. Number two. And this is this is more of a, I think, a style thing. Okay. I really like the clean designs that you've been creating recently. And it, you, you may call it differently, but I want to say it's almost like a minimalist style.
1: To an extent. Um, I definitely think that I like to keep it simplistic just because I've never had a style that's necessarily over the top. Um, and I don't do a lot of custom things in terms of um, patching and sewing and just different things of that sort. So when it comes to just printing and T-shirts and hoodies, I've always liked simpler stuff. Um, but when it comes to minimalist, I mean, it also a lot of it's due to our budget right now. Um, so how much we can afford to do cut and sew wise sort of affects it. So we want more to come in terms of just like color blocked hoodies and full, full over print button ups and different things that I'm working on there. But that's all budget stuff. But it, it, it definitely is more minimalist in the sense that it's not going to be over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, it's, it's ultimately about the purpose, not necessarily the clothes. And that's why, I mean, for example, part of the reason you say you like the brand so much is what's behind it. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a discussion. and you, That is mainly what you had spoke about. And that's what I love. Like, that's why I'm doing the brand is because when people know what's behind the brand when they really understand what what's behind it, that's when they start loving it. And I've noticed it with people because some people won't be fully behind mm-hmm. it. They'll be like, Oh yeah, your clothes are right; right. They're cool. They're... And then another time we end up hanging out, we get back in the same discussion and we go to the whole school side of it. Yeah. We go to the whole profit, the nonprofit foundation side mm-hmm. of it. And we get into that discussion and then they're like, well, this is way bigger than just clothing.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is, this is what makes it different. And that was my third point actually, because yeah. it's, Part of what I'm going to be doing with this company is trying to tell people like thing number one, school, just like your revelation, school does not teach you what you think it does.
1: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people like to jump on the quick ideas of school isn't useful. And that I hate hearing Mm -hmm. um, because school is very useful. Mm -hmm. It teaches students how to critically think. However, I think at a certain point, there is only so much school can do to help you learn how to think critically. And then beyond that point, once you've learned how to really grasp critical thinking, the knowledge that you choose to absorb and then take in is being pushed. It's being put on to students. And I think that's where that's where the school's usefulness can outlive itself is um, once that student has really grasped how to think critically, then information that they need varies big time instead of just teaching them how to think critically through different information over x amount of years but
0: yeah and uh it's funny i'm uh well we're supposed to be kind of in the same grade but i i got tired of school so i decided to graduate a little bit earlier like six months earlier
1: are you taking more courses
0: yeah i took about 12 credits no 14 credits over last summer
1: over the summer? Yes, okay. 14 <laughs> credits
0: over the last summer. I took a organizational management class, an accounting one class, and an Italian one and two classes.
1: Awesome.
0: Survived. Don't know how. And what I was going to say is when you you mentioned the school teaches you how to think critically, mm. right? And it teaches you up, to, up until a certain point. And I think that's fair. So what I was going to say is I am on my second to the third year, so no, third year to the fourth year of school right now. And it feels like I'm done. It feels like what I had to learn is mostly already being learned, mm-hmm. right? And now I find myself going online to try to learn stuff, uh, looking up online courses, looking up online videos, uh, trying to talk to more people, seek mentorship sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That, ha- that happens really a lot. learn. Yeah, really learn, like actually apply it. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that came with that was, well, now I actually have to open my business. I have to actually start it. And what I mean by that is registering it with the IRS, with the state of Florida, doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you go through that process already? No. No.
1: (laughs) So I think um, that's actually a funny aspect to think about. I think there's also logistics to when you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Because until you're making a certain income in the state of Florida, you don't necessarily need to pay taxes for your personal expenses. And since my business is operating as a sole proprietorship right now, I don't operate as a separate entity. So whatever happens with my business happens with me. So until my business which is consequently me at the same time, starts making enough to the point where I can be taxed, I don't really need to worry about that. Do you happen
0: to much. know what that uh, what that cap is? I, I do. You do? I do. When, where can we find it?
1: The internet. Just like, look it up. Most of these things, if, if you just find um, what income is taxable in the state of Florida for an adult,
0: so it's it's essentially like an individual income not related at all to businesses. And then once you get to a certain level, then you get you start being taxed. Well no? the
1: the reason I haven't registered for an LLC, so limited liability, yeah. the reason I don't want to do that yet is um because once I do that, my business becomes a separate entity yeah. from me. Mm-hmm. Once it does that, any revenue it makes has to have taxes paid on it. Um while it's still operating as a sole proprietorship under me. I can wait a little bit. So it's just like cushion room while this is, it's my job. It's what I want to do with my life, but I still have to get my degree. I still have to work my part-time job. You're actually
0: using the fact that you're a college student on your favor.
1: And I I also want to enjoy being young. I mean, I'm very much excited to be an adult. And as much as people are like, Oh, stay young. You don't want to pay bills. You don't want responsibilities. I'm like, no, I I do want that stuff, but I'm going to listen to you a little bit and enjoy some of my youth. So I don't know. There's a, There's things that I'm willing to hold off onto that make the business more legitimate and more concrete um, until I'm ready for that. So it's a a preparedness sort of thing. A lot of of people, I think the reason they're scared to start with certain things like this is they immediately feel obligated to do all of this legal stuff on the side. Um, Which, yeah, you're going to have to do if you want to do this sort of thing. But it's a matter of when. What are you doing? Are you jumping into a business with capital because somebody in your family or a prior investment you had mm-hmm. made a lot of money and now you're jumping into it with 40 grand or 30 grand, like, because that changes it. Then you automatically have to be paying on that because it's, yeah, if, yeah. whether it's a separate entity or not, you're making you're ready more, making more a than lot money. Yeah. yeah. So there's different layers to it. I think it's a matter of how big, how big you are from the start, just based on your capital. Um, If you're starting a nonprofit versus an actual company and a brand, Mm -hmm. there's legal logistics to that. So I I definitely didn't worry about that as much. The main thing I focused on was getting my trademark um, because once I had that, I could be official. um, My stuff would be protected to some degree, and I would be in more databases just to be found as a company so I could start getting more networking through that Um, because once you're entered and established as a business with your trademark, email lists and everything they give all that information out and people start reaching out so it was a good little way to find different little contacts
0: interesting okay so let's go back on this trademark pretend I have zero clue what a trademark is Mm -hmm. how to get it what to do uh what that brings me can you kind of explain that
1: yeah I mean I had no idea two years ago I had literally not a clue because the only thing I saw on shirts was or any product for that matter, was either the TM or the R. And I was like, what is the R? What is the TM? All right. What's the difference? One's a trademark. One's a registered trademark. Right now, mine is TM, not R, because it's not fully registered yet. I'm still working on a little.
0: So is a TM a half step to an R?
1: Essentially. It's that you have the trademark. You've applied for it. You're going through the process. Um, It's not in conflict with anybody else. But then the R is registered trademark people use them falsely all the time but if you're on a small scale it's not it's really? not something you really get in trouble for especially if there's no lawsuit involved interesting those things only come up when it's specific so when big companies want to sue a company for making fake stuff of theirs in india okay. or China, that's I when see. they can do it and get those little nitpick things um had no idea about trademarks anything um so I was just researching them, just in my room, in my dorm okay. room, just finding out more about it, the process behind it. Then I looked at the actual documents for filing and saw how intense they were and full of legal I remember you telling me stuff. that part. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you find out that there's other third party resources you can go to where you just pay a little on top fee and they do mm-hmm. the filing for you, like legal Zoom, things like that. Really, just a lot of Googling. Did like you end up uh, using
0: the a third party or no?
1: Uh, yeah, LegalZoom. That's actually who I ended up going through there. They can pretty much help you with any legal document, um, whether that be trademarks, um, patents, literally everything. Really- Taxes. Like LegalZoom is a good place for pretty much any legal, financial document or anything you need to handle. And are, are they kind
0: documents. of accessible? This is unpaid.
1: Of- Legal Zoom did not reach out to me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, is, no.
0: This, <laughs> be cool.
1: Sponsor me. They Legal don't Zoom. know we exist, but if you want to sponsor <laughs> us, yeah, yeah. It's
0: not going to lie. <laughs> all right. So essentially the trademark is, it's your, kind of your logo, first of all, and your name. Yeah. Correct? Essentially. Okay. And then eventually you want to go from the so-called TM to the R with that little yeah that's outside. once
1: i can get the trademark official i mean it's still been a whole process um there was an issue because there was a space between clothing and FTY, so of course i'm having to go through it all again <laughs> i might have to reapply for it um but yeah I, I don't know the trademark was more of a stepping stone for me like if i apply for this i've done something yes. i spent some money i'm in it now where do i go it was sort of just like a starting pad in a video game sort of thing for me to jump on and then once i'm on that it's like okay like you know what i have this now where do i go
0: <laughs> yeah that's actually really funny that you say that uh i only started this thing because i've had the idea since summer uh the summer i was taking 14 credits and stuff okay. but i got the domain at the, su- was, at the time
1: that was last summer that was last okay.
0: summer yeah and i got a domain at the time it's uh it was outside of com. okay And I would say because I was taking a digital marketing course and the guy was explaining, hey, go ahead. It's like 80 bucks. Just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I only got official with all of this. And I decided, okay, I'm in. Once I spent some money, some like three, four hundred bucks to get this stuff on the equipment.
1: I was going to say I was probably either applying for this stuff or actually getting this. Once you have it, it's like, okay have to use it <laughs> yeah
0: it's the weirdest thing uh do you have you heard of sunk costs yeah yeah so essentially for those who don't know a sunk cost is some money or something that you've done already for the case for the sake of explaining it pretend it's some money that you spent already that you that you're not getting back <laughs> there you go you're not getting that money back but you use that money as a justification for decisions Mm -hmm. So let's say we, let's say here, since I bought all this equipment for the podcast, that's a sunk cost. I'm not getting this money back.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's also an investment at the same time because the equipment, I mean, just sunk costs are funny because to some degree, they're always an investment.
0: Yes. Because, I mean, the future is uncertain.
1: Yeah. And and people try and avoid sunk costs a lot, but sunk costs aren't a bad thing in my opinion. I mean, stickers, for example, I'd buy probably... 500 stickers for around $300. Yeah. And I don't make a cent off them. I put them on packages. I give them to people. They're on nice
0: street though. Not gonna lie. When you open the package right? and it's you nice see that, sticker, yeah. you
1: know, it's like another little add on item you didn't ask for, but yeah. you get anyways. And like, yeah, I could charge you a dollar or a dollar fifty for them. But why not? It's just an added investment towards the brand image. So
0: Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I I see that. And I agree with you. It is a sunk cost, though. You're not
1: getting money back for this (laughs) stuff.
0: So yeah, the sunk cost is a money not getting back, but you're saying, oh, I already spent that money. Now I got to go to this trip, even though I don't want to go to this trip just because I wasted the money. Anyway, my next question for you, actually, is I think it's a lot more specific to your branding and the way you put your products out there. So correct me if I'm wrong. You create a design and you release this design and you're probably just going to release that design once. Yeah. And then that's it. It's yeah. almost like a uh, you're collecting stuff. It's like... Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I were to do a design again, if I were to remake a design, mm-hmm. it will be different. It's it going to be, be a little be, different. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is ever going to be a re-released item. Nothing restocked. Just because A... I have the creativity okay. to come up with more. When the brand builds and the team builds, there's going to be more creatives on the team with more ideas. So ideas is never the issue for clothing brands. So I, I've always had strong opinions about restocks and companies redoing the same product over and over just milking it for as much cash as they can get out of it because i mean there are certain products you're wearing one of them that got popular way after release like when i first put those out that was the first item i put out not a ton of people wanted them not a ton of people thought they were cool but then after a year once i started putting out other stuff they were like whoa that first graphic you did oh, was yeah, that yeah, actually cool. pretty cool so now people start buying it but then once it's sold out like now nobody can get it and then they're just creates a fun dynamic with the brand. It creates more of a game of loyalty, of trying to get that next piece. And I mean, it's seen a lot, a lot of brands. That's nothing unique to my brand, but definitely an aspect I try and maintain, just no restocking.
0: I want you to kind of walk me through the process of getting a hoodie or a shirt, like designing it. From the moment you have the idea... And where you sit down in your room, in your house, somewhere to actually draw it and make the, the design. Printing it, getting the shirts, get all the stuff to finally shipping to the consumer.
1: All right. Um, so the design process is my favorite part of the brand, I guess. Because okay. um, I wouldn't say I'm naturally artistic. Um, you would say you're not? No. Um, nor would I say I'm artistically talented. Um, I would say I'm creative. I would definitely say I'm creatively talented and skillfully. But I don't think artistically, my abilities are that great. And so the design process is very slow for me, because I have to do multiple, multiple drafts. If I have an idea of a design, like last night, I had an idea, and I started on the first draft, I'm gonna have to do like, eight of this one, just because it requires more detail and this was last night yeah um and i don't particularly have a lot of skill when it comes to art and i am self-taught so the things i do i do have to do over and over and over or i have to seek out help from somebody who has a little bit more of an art background or i use online things i was gonna say Um, have you
0: ever seen any courses uh have mm -hmm. you watched videos on design and stuff
1: i haven't paid for a course but i've done i've watched a lot of video tutorials just on basic drawing things kind of get the basic idea yeah So a lot of my pieces, I'll either start on just Photoshop or I'll start with a sketch and either I build up off the sketch and then eventually scan it, put it on Photoshop and then play with it or just go straight with Photoshop from the start. But the design process, once I have the design, it's really about figuring out what piece I want to put it on because like I said, I'm not at a cut and sew level yet. Um, So I do work with vendors for printing. Um, printing, embroidery, DDG, sublimation, uh, design a garment. So it's just ink printed onto the t-shirt and then sublimation, heat pressing, just all, all the printing methods essentially just haven't gotten into a part where we can print fabrics and cut and sew yet. So it's about choosing the right garment, um, making sure that the material is nice. It's what I want. It's high quality. doesn't shrink. I really wanted to make sure that the quality of the streetwear is good because, People do care about the quality of their clothes. People yeah. just don't want to pay a ridiculous price for it. Um, and I think there can be a better line drawn between the two where you're paying a slightly more, but it's really good quality built to last. And But the design process is fairly simplistic for me, I'd say. I really just make the designs, figure out what I want to put it on, and then work with my uh, guy, Ronnie, over at Mint Prints. Shout out Mint Prints. I go work over with him, and we figure it out and get the pieces made.
0: Okay, so you definitely don't create the shirts themselves. Yeah. How long did it take you and where did you start looking for mm-hmm. the company or the business or the people that make the shirts for you?
1: Okay, so that was an adventure um, because a lot of people think when you start a brand that you just, you find a manufacturer and they make it, but there's so many different types of manufacturers, printers, and vendors because there's vendors who have licenses to import clothing from whatever brand, source it from whatever brand, and then print on it. There are brands that have licenses from certain brands that source their materials at specific printing shops, and they can only print on those brands. And then there are manufacturers, full-scale manufacturers. They do cut and sew. They'll print on whatever. They make the garments out of the material in whatever country or local. They do it all. The big manufacturers are a different level. And that's where I went first because I was like, "Oh, I want to make clothing. I'm going to go to a manufacturer. Their requirements are like a thousand pieces, fifteen hundred pieces. There are some that can do it smaller scale, like fifty pieces. Mm-hmm. But when once you get to that small of a level, the price it the price skyrockets skyrocket, with yeah. a cut and so a Manufacturer, especially when you're trying to do all over prints and the th- ideas that I had. But I'm saving those for later on because once on. I really have the money to put those out, it, they'll be real nice. But um. Yeah, so I work with a vendor who does printing and can source from essentially anywhere. So, yeah, they're not being made by us.
0: All right. So in a past interview that you were in, you said, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. No. And I was watching that. I think we're going to disagree on this one because of our definitions of entrepreneur. Definitely. Definitely. But I'm definitely interested to see what's your thought process. Why do you not consider yourself an entrepreneur?
1: I mean, if we go by Webster's, if we go by the specific dictionary definition, then yes, I guess I essentially could be considered an entrepreneur because I'm somebody who started their own venture and is working off the fruits of their own labor, yada, yada, yada. However, it cannot sustain my life. I cannot pay my rent yet with my business. I cannot pay my groceries with my business yet. I mean, I do with little bits, but Mm -hmm. I can't run the business and pay all my bills and everything
0: without having another
1: job right now. I need to have some sort of part-time or other full-time job. And I don't know. I've just always sort of held the idea close to me that until I can make money off of my own things 100% and not have to work for anybody, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I've started the entrepreneurial process I'm involved in entrepreneurial activities. Okay. I am acting like an entrepreneur. I am making moves like an entrepreneur. But until I can fund my life um, through solely my activities, I don't really consider myself one.
0: Got it. So you would call, on, at least on a personal level, you would call an entrepreneur someone who can live off their entrepreneurial activities. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. I'll see, I'll see your point. Yeah, no, we don't disagree that much. I would actually say... That I think an entrepreneur is someone who who just decides to do something different. And he actually goes through the process of I have no clue what's gonna happen next. I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm. Right? Either whether he's successful or not. Somebody who jumps
1: off a cliff and figures out how to get down on the way.
0: Uh maybe (laughs) not in that scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that one will be an entrepreneur. (laughs) Please, entrepreneurs, do not do that <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer.
1: Don't jump off, course. We want you here.
0: Please don't. Come, come join the interview. You can Metapho- jump on this. Metaphor use only. Hey, before you go, real quick, please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, if you have any questions that you want to be answered in the show, email us at info at unsunk.org. And finally, our Instagram is at unsunk official. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.